Live from Weaver Street Market, it's the Raleigh Bitcoin Podcast with your host, Jerry. How's it going, everybody? We've got a very exciting series coming up to you on the book, The Bitcoin <laughs> Standard. It worked. <laughs> this, All right, we can cancel this recording. Yeah. No, no, I think this is gold. No, this is perfect. gold. We started this talking and people started showing up. That as soon as we start recording, people start appearing. It's uh, directly proportionate or some kind of ratio. I'm not really sure what it is mathematically, but it works. 100%, one to one. Um, so just it really so, does work. Yeah, just so you know, um, uh, no name, fake name. Um, so good to see you, Frank. Hope you're doing well. Um, okay. Frank's looking good today. The, the same principle applies to when you're looking for something. Once you admit that like you've lost something and can't find it, that's when you finally find something for me. Especially keys. Maybe it's only a key-related phenomena. So before we began the podcast, we were talking a little bit about um, whether fiat is actually money. And um, someone brought up the um, Latin expression for North Carolina, the state. The North Carolina state seal has a Latin phrase, esse quam videre, which means to be rather than to seem. Is fiat actually money? That's a good question. I was calling it a tax token for the alliteration and because that's one of the big things that justifies money to a lot of people is, is it what the government makes you take tax in? But I don't think that makes mon- uh, makes sense because the it's just such a ridiculous way that the government actually takes your money immediately when you earn it and forces you to withhold it. Um, I think Stan was, could elaborate a bit up about all the requirements there about withholding that a business has to do. That they don't just get to pay their tax at the end of the year. Immediately upon receive of revenue, they have to put some of a tax token away uh, based on their tax liability. Yeah, so um, let's say you're an employee and um, let's say, Frank, you're working your 40 hours a week. You're a hard-working company man working towards that gold watch after 40 years. Um Every time you get your paycheck, you let's say you work $10 an hour, 10 fake, not fiat uh, money um, dollars an hour, you get a percentage of that withheld without your permission, but rarely uh, because it's the law. And that money gets put in a special bank account, uh, in a receiver's account, basically. Uh, I think it's held in trust by uh, some kind of payroll service or solution. And they pay that quarterly on your behalf. So, I mean, I think I think that's what you're describing as the tax token, the funds that are taken out of your paycheck um, as, quote, tax, as uh, withholdings. Part of your income you never touched. It went to yeah. the government immediately. So, so it's a this is this is a, a kind of a, a funky wh- where your tax refund comes back is from. The calculation of how much should be withheld from each check month by month by month or week by week by week, depending on how you're paid. And then when you do your taxes and you file your 1040 and you're like, y'all, I should have paid only $22,000 in taxes, but I've withheld and paid to you 22 and a half. My tax refund's $500. That, that, tying up of capital is done by the government i think for a very simple reason that they want to be certain that they're going to get paid that people aren't going to just go to vegas and spend that money um they also want the security of knowing that it's going to be there when they want it but think about how the economy would benefit from everyone having more of their own money for a period of time just for those extra from january till march when it's actually due think about 
what you could have invested in or the interest you could have got at no risk at all. Yeah, from every paycheck for the rest of your life. Which is one of the benefits of being an independent contractor because you you don't, you get your entire paycheck and you've got to withhold funds and pay estimated taxes. Yeah. So the, the funny thing is, um, you said estimated taxes, right? Yeah. So I, re- you know, you can't you can't trust every tweet these days. But I read a tweet uh, somewhere. I think on you should trust every yeah, tweet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been proven. It's, it's been okay. Proven, yeah. I did I did see a tweet where someone was like, "Hey, the government is basically asking you to pay them money, but they don't know how much." They want you to pay them. So you guess in terms of how much you should pay them. And then later on, they decide, oh, yeah, yeah, you, that was right. Or they, res- they decide mm, that wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to tell that you've got to pay them money. You've got to know how much to pay. They don't know how much to pay. But if you don't pay enough, they're going to punish you because they know exactly how much should have been paid. It's just would have been easier. And there's a lot of tax plans that exist, like the yeah. fair tax plan, which is a sales tax of... 14% that was proposed on everything but necessities like bread and milk and, I don't know, uh, nipples of bottles for babies. Um, but things like that would not have been taxed or would have been tax-free. But things like uh, sports cars and paper for your printer, that would get taxed at a higher tax rate. Well, this is one of the things that, that confuses me a little bit when people take the position with Bitcoin that it's going to you know, have an impact on government tax revenue. When you consider if you're, you know, if you work for an employer and you're getting paid in Bitcoin, you know, the employer still has that mandated liability to, to perform your withholdings and to remit those to the government. And that's one of those areas that I think it's just a bumper sticker type thing where people think that Bitcoin is going to somehow defund government taxation revenue when it doesn't make sense to me from a from a sort of first principles standpoint of these regulations still exist and you're going to have to comply with them. And your, your employer is not going to yeah. not do it just because you don't want them to. Exactly. And if you're not margin trading with your employees' withholdings, um, you're not playing for keeps. Missed opportunities. Yeah. So I, the original question was, it is fiat money? I, yeah, I think we should start out with the most ba- – like, is the dollar money, is fiat money? So, so the- what's, the def- what's the clear definition from the group here on what fiat is? So we're going through – the Bitcoin standard over the next couple of episodes and it goes through a lot of the rules about money and how currency developed over time. So we're not going to answer that question for sure right now or this question that we're exploring. You don't have to have a yes or no answer, but it's just the topic one have been around like ideas and thoughts about that. Yeah, but I mean the definition of fiat, can we come to a consensus on what that definition is? What fiat, what fiat is? Yeah. So fiat is a promissory note system. I can't explain it off the top of my head very well does someone know the exact how you see it well i, th- I think there's the the better question maybe to ask in, in the same vein of what is fiat is what is money right and i and i think that not to be dismissive of what you just said a moment ago mm-hmm. jerry uh with a question mark um is is that i think the bitcoin standard goes into what money is and i think there's a really simple explanation for it Let's say for a moment that we went back 500 years, um, you needed to put food on your table. Well, you would exchange either the sweat of your brow or what you're able to make through the skill of your hands for what your neighbors have that you need. And that operated as a medium of exchange, and that was considered money at the time. And I think that's the clearest definition now there's a lot of issues with that kind of bartering system but i think that 
the, the concept of money is an incredibly broad and all-encompassing concept. But when you ask the question of what is fiat, I, I automatically go to the idea of government-backed money, like legal tender, what the government is willing to accept their taxes in. And I, and I know that's not an accurate definition of fiat. I'm sorry. Here, here's the clarification I would make. I would say that what is being described in the Bitcoin standard is what hard money is. And things, hard money is money. Soft money is not money. So it's soft, you know, fiat is genuine leather. It's not the actual thing. And we shouldn't allow naming conventions to have convinced us that hard money is is not what money actually is. That That's one of my theses that... Uh, yeah, when does something stop? Like, so I think you know, Bitcoin is a good hard money. Gold is a good hard money. You know, things like there's a certain spectrum of when things you know lose their hardness and become loose and soft. That at a certain point, it's just not money at all anymore. It's it's you know kind of the the, the token, Chuck E. Cheese token type of thing where, yeah, it's maybe money in the like worst feel, sense of the world word but it's not actually money in any real sense i feel money was an invention that benefited society and then when it's an invention that was taken away from society by a cartel of banks that's what happened is they said this card this convention's making it's almost like fire it's like made everyone gods so let's take the invention away and we'll give them this fake fire yeah it, one of the things that's always funny when i talk to people about bitcoin who aren't familiar with it is you say you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm into this thing called Bitcoin. You know, it's a new type of money. And they say, oh, cool. You know, what can I buy with it? You know, and that's the only thing people think is money is what you can buy things with. And I wonder if you asked like a, a, like a statistical model of people, how many people would say like, oh, what can I buy with it? Oh, it's money. Cool. What can I buy with it? Would there be any people who would say like, oh, cool. How much value can I store in one unit of it? You know? Would one person out of a thousand say that? Probably not. So it's it's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, um, not that I've got a, uh, a cheat sheet copy of the first chapter of the Bitcoin standard in front of me. That would be outrageous. But um, it, it seems to me that you're indicating that, that the concept of money is broader than the it being a medium of exchange. Correct. To, to encompass what other concepts? If it's if it's not just the medium of exchange, you're saying what's what value can it be stored in the unit? Isn't that just another way of saying how much can you get for it? I, I compared to something else. I disagree with this premise because we all know what a millionaire is, and that's a unit. A millionaire is a unit. A unit millionaire means rich. That is a one rich unit. You have one rich. Yeah, I'm a millionaire, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. You didn't ask me in what, though. <laughs> but but I think you get the idea that the unit of a, the, the measurement does matter to us. There is a psychological importance to stacking gold. Um, and I think millionaire should mean something if there was a conversion to a hard currency underneath it. And then, then you have a hard money if there is an actual gold standard exchange. But but the, the units do matter. But isn't the the measure of a money its ability be, to be exchanged for something else? So you always have to quantify it. I mean, that the very the very way we use the language of money is an actual measurement of exchange. Yeah, I think in the age of barter, 
Like, I, I don't know. The, the guy who owns 5,000 sheep has to know he's rich. Like, surely he could see that, oh, yeah, yeah. these sheep, I'm rich in everything. I'm not just rich in sheep. So, going back to fiat. Yeah. I went ahead and did a Google search on the definition <laughs> of fiat. And um, I have two definitions. So, if you look up fiat in the Google dictionary, whatever comes up under dictionary, Fiat means a formal authorization or proposition, a decree. And it has some synonyms, uh, synonym words you can basically replace it with. So instead of saying fiat, you could use the word decree, edict, or order. Um, so it's actually interesting when people say fiat currency. That's, I mean, the U.S. dollar is basically a fiat currency. It's what it's the U.S. says it's worth at that, you know, in that relative, you know, manner. Uh, but when it comes to, when it comes to Bitcoin, can we use the same logic and say Bitcoin is a fiat for Bitcoin users or the Bitcoin um, nodes? Because they're basically when it's just, it's still decentralized, right? But at the end of the day, whoever has that ability to write the actual block, that's essentially an edict. That's actually a decree, and everyone else has to comply with that. From consensus from a consensus isn't, standpoint. Isn't that saying a decree of value though, not a decree of like the unit? I think it's a decree of the quantity. I think the, the a fiat currency is a currency where there is a certain person who uh, decrees what the total quantity of the circulation is. And by doing that you change the value of the currency. The, if you just think of a numerator denominator, that is the value they're referring to. Um and the question is, is that a good idea? Is controlling the having centralized authority controlling the uh, whether by debases or what the opposite debasing deflates? Um, is that a good idea? Or is that even money? It is kind of interesting that that something is something that we all believe to be relatively basic, like money. It's, it's really hard to pin down what it actually is. Like we're, we're all kind of like dancing around the same concept. We all know what this is. I think the hard thing is that uh, as, you know, as Bitcoiners, you want to say Bitcoin is the best money. And I think sometimes we take that to the extreme of saying that there is nothing else that is money, which it seems like, yeah, of course, there's other things that are money. That's the point of having to choose the best one, because lots of things could be money, but you'd be foolish to use a lot of those things as money. But couldn't everything else be a shit coin? Like it, it's just well, it, are it's, shit coins money? It, could they just be um, some a, a dead man walking essentially? That it's just a ruse that's living off its own is you know steam. Everybody, you know, any time well, yeah, period, yeah. it could be, but it doesn't foreclose the op. You know, the option that it actually is money currently, even though it may not be in the future. Yeah. Like gold, gold is money. I, I think almost. Almost our civilization, anything, when we say money, we mean gold. And we've been tricked into not knowing that. And the, the question is, has Bitcoin, is the Bitcoin the second invention of gold? A, techno, a technological version of gold. Because gold is money. Now we have a digital version of money for the first time. But isn't money, okay, so are we saying money is objective or a, a subjective type of thing? I, I 
I, so what I'm what I'm hearing, and I, and I like where you're going with that, because I think that hammers down to the roots of where the the positions are. Uh, Brad and Jerry, I think, are saying very different things. Uh, Brad, on the one hand, is saying, um, or oh, I think Brad's saying, hey, money can be practically anything so long as someone's willing to accept it. And there are um, varying degrees of monies, like money that you're very willing to take and money that you're not willing to take um whereas it almost sounds like what 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 you're describing jerry is this idea that there is one true money and then everything else is just a fake yeah fire is fire and a flashlight doesn't produce fire we can call the light produced by it like firelight but it's not sure so if you had the that bowl of soup in front of you and i was really really hungry would you be willing to accept a bar of silver or a smaller bar of gold for it well you'd consider both i think but uh, yeah the medium exchange is is a is is degrading language because you've just made the definition worse instead of adding things on like saliability you should keep you should keep making languages more and more specific not more and more brought big tent that's how you in my opinion (laughs) well but on the fire example uh, not to hold you to that analogy but you know yeah you could you know light a match for fire but i think what you're getting at is the result of the fire you know you with fire you can heat food or cure you know infections or yes you can do stuff you can sanitize things you know you could also sanitize things with a lightning bolt or with lava or with other things that are hot but you know that aren't explicitly fire but they would do the job equally well, or or maybe not equally well. They could they if, could take fire if, away. If Bitcoin forked, if we were all on Bitcoin Cash, we all agreed that it was money. Then that would be the money, right? If, if Big Big Brother could take fire away, Big Brother could say no. We only do electric blocks that get hot from now on. Yeah, they can. The, the the ability for the rulers to control us, we underestimate to an absurd degree. So you, I, you don't trust the current definition of money, which is a medium of exchange. You want it to be more specific. If, if it's not, if it doesn't have saleability, it's not money. If it's not the most saleable, it's not money. So gold so is the only money. There are two, and then Bitcoin came along, and it was a digital version. So I, what I like about this conversation is it helps us shape our understanding of what money is. Um, and and you said two things that almost were were building on top of each other. Um, money it needs to be the most saleable is very different from money that is saleable. The, I'll, I'll give you, you're either saleable or you're not. Over time, everything that's not saleable becomes worthless. But For there example, are degrees of saleability. Who, so we were talking about the extropians, right? Can you give a brief definition of them and then I'll explain my point. Um, extropians are people that were looking to live beyond their lives. Uh, so it's a, it's a really complicated group of people trying to sum up in just a few seconds is, is a little bit complicated but there are a group of extropians who believe that by cryogenically freezing themselves or at least their heads uh, some futuristic group of people uh, some group of people in the future at least can revive them and restore them in uh, their mind into some kind of computer or some kind of phys- new physical body where they could relive again so this concept has existed, and people have already done exactly what these people wanted to do. The pharaohs, when they died, were buried with their gold. And if they came back today and those uh, pyramids had not been robbed, they're still the richest people on earth. You're saying, I'm saying that's, that's money pretty, and everybody else that's has been That's pretty fucked. awesome. 
That is really cool to think that you died 5,000 years ago and you're still a freaking baller. We invented (laughs) fire and they took it away from us. That's how extraordinary the destruction of money is. Hard money is money. There is no, everything else is bullshit. Yeah. Weren't other, with the pharaohs, weren't other valuables also stored with them that are, that are saleable? Like, um, jewelry, Mm -hmm. um, diamonds, which is also jewelry, um, fine cloths. I mean, they buried their wives with them. Then, then you're talking about things like fungibility that it's hard to divide up a jewel. It doesn't have the same value when you start breaking up into smaller pieces, things like that. So all, all of the experiments were ran, and the boy came up with gold is money. That like the all the science the result was gold is money. And we've come up with these other things that have been tricked to into recently into caring about. I think, but I think honey is money because it lasts forever. Yeah, they got they got honey in you there could, too. You yeah. could divide it into a million Tiny pieces. Honey, that's that is fascinating. Yeah, it lasts forever. Honey is like silver. Truffles. <laughs> <laughs> Truffles, yes. Honey, you can just keep making more and more of. You know, that's. Uh... So, Jerry, is your contention that there can only be one money at a time? No, and that, no. That that money has been gold for recorded history. There wasn't a second hard money before, uh, before Bitcoin, because gold has a limited ability for you to get it out of the ground, even if the price were to spike. Um, everything else, you could inflate the supply. And it wasn't inflated to collapse, but you could always inflate the supply based on market changing. This is why I think we're, we're too, I don't know, we're too definition obsessed instead of just accepting that we all, saw, we all, know, we all know gold is money. We've been brainwashed with words into not understanding that obvious fact because it's how it's always been. I don't think that uh, maybe somebody would, but I don't think anybody here would argue that gold is not money. Maybe if you are, raise your hands. But But I'm not gonna. The question (laughs) I think a more relevant question is: Is silver money? Okay. No. Yeah, I would say that because silver uh, has not run its course yet. Silver, although it looks down and out, and this book makes a strong argument about why it's down and out. You know, the free market could decide. Who knows? The uh, and I say that because Austrian economics says that you don't you want you don't want inflation, but maybe it could turn out the inflationary aspect of silver is a positive thing for societies in the future. That sort, you know, we just don't know. You always have to run the experiment. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna disagree completely with this idea that there is one money and the most sellable is the only money. I think that we have existed as a society on the basis of choice of money Um, that I have the ability to go um, pimp my ass out. If I can't don't have enough gold ingots in my pocket to go pay for my sandwich. It's sad. I mean, that is sad when you have to pimp yourself. No pimp is interested. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and like I don't I don't have I don't have any other gold uh, ingots lying around. I've got no silver, so like I'm just gonna go back to the world's oldest profession, which is a form of exchange. Honey farmer. Uh, yeah, honey farmer. Exactly. So your definition is literally that sex is money. No, no. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry that I used this as an example. I was doing it to illustrate a point, and the point was not that sex is money. Are my woman inflationary, Jerry? No, just 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 stop, <laughs> just stop, Jerry. Well, um, oh sorry, my my, <laughs> my point, <laughs> my point is is that we have existed 
in a society, in a world where people have the choice, and, and even today with fiat, people have a choice of the money that they spend. In your wallets, you've got a debit card and likely a credit card. You get to choose between swiping your debit card and a credit card. And depending on what time of the month it is, will likely affect which card you're going to swipe. And and if 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 we can't even look if we can look at fiat and see a difference in the kinds of fiat, then there have to be different kinds of money. So if if you're flush with cash and you got a bunch of cash in hand, you're gonna swipe your debit card. But hey, you know it's uh, it's the end of the month. I paid all my bills. Um, I'm gonna swap my credit card because I don't have enough cash on hand. You're looking at it, and it's Gresham's law that you're going to save the good money and spend the bad money. Gresham's law requires there to be two different kinds of money. And I think that there's plenty more than two. I think there are an infinite kinds of, of money because all that, that the concept of money requires is that someone else is willing to reliably accept it. It doesn't matter what it is so long as someone else is willing to accept it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I want to see if we can go back to the Bitcoin standard of the book because I have not completed that book. Um, and I don't remember most of the key concepts on it, but can someone explain to me um, what Safedean was mentioning as his definition of money in the book? Can, can we get in that? Do we have the book to quote? I actually do. Okay, um, okay perfect. But, but I'm going to do it from memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's so shameful. Uh, a good that assumes the role of a widely accepted medium of exchange is called money. So I, I can expand that sentence by adding a different word for a moment to kind of illustrate the point. Uh, take it to its logical conclusion. Any good that assumes the role of a widely accepted medium of exchange is called money. Does he get into what widely accepted is in that case? Yeah, someone else is willing to take it. Salability. I mean, that's, so, that's, are, what, that's where he's going in the next section. It's all about salability. The, the ability to transact or to spend um, uh, a money is the definition of salability. And if you're willing to, if I'm willing to offer it and you're willing to accept it, that is the defini uh, definition of salability. But that's not widely. What, what's, he says widely. Sure. So, so, um, so uh, for instance, if, would you consider cigarettes in a jail money? Yes. 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 But one block over, they're not. Well, you tell Jerry down in yeah. the yeah, different economies. One point. block away is two different economies. Yeah. In this context, are you talking about a cell block or are you talking about a, a city block? Because outside the jail is a different economy than inside the jail. And that seems to be just defense thick. So the people in jail aren't answering calls for AT&T? They're not do. They're not building license plates that we use out here. They're not participating. They're not actually they don't working. Have gold though, so that's why they're using cigarettes. They're. I mean, they're using something, but it's not money. Well, they're tied to the same economy. We don't need to give dignity to what's happening there. Pretend like they're using money because they're using cigarettes. I think it's sometime we have to be like, wake up. So, but they they still need a medium of exchange, even if you're in a jail. Like, um, you know, there's obviously an economy within even two cellmates, right? I don't, let's not, let's, that might be a little graphic now. <laughs> but I mean, there's going to be talk a about good. Sex, baby. <laughs> there's going to be a good that's in, the, in in this context of two people, so it'll be widely accepted within a cell and within a, a block. 
or whatever it's... I, I think we also need to be careful about assuming that economy is only capable of having one kind of money. What's wrong with someone... Uh, well, there's tons wrong with someone making license plates in a prison, but th the fact that they may be getting paid uh, a, a fiat for doing that, even though it may be de minimis and below minimum wage, they can still go back to their cell and trade cigarettes, and that could be a widely accepted or an adequately um, uh, accepted medium of exchange i feel but like I, you guys are all leading people down the wrong path you're leading everyone to just you're all defending the shit coins and i don't understand it no and your arguments don't but, make but sense but we're not but that's people I want to use the, the shit coin in, on an island let's say australians want really like bsv hmm. if they use it then great but like it doesn't take away from bitcoin yeah, and it also doesn't mean they're making the right choice. It's yeah, they don't have to make the right choice. choice. It's an experiment. It, you know, they're using this as a money, regardless of if it's a good decision or not. I think a medium exchange is not money. I think a medium exchange is a definition unto itself. I think so, that is what it is. There, medium exchange is not money. So I think the problem here is that language is kind of screwing us here, right? Because, I mean, we can say that Bitcoin is fiat, and I already mentioned that before, right? What you were mentioning before about gold, you were mentioning it in a fiat type of way. You were saying gold is money. This pharaoh buried, buried himself with gold. He made a decree that this gold is valuable. And if I do get resurrected, it's going to be valuable, right? I'm going to be a millionaire because someone made it valuable a long time ago and it's still holding its value now. So at some point, there was a decree made according to the definition of fiat. No, but makes gold, gold is not fiat. fiat. Gold is not fiat. How is gold not fiat? Someone had to source, someone at the beginning of whatever time it was where gold became money, had to have said and made a decree saying that gold is, you know, is money. I think, the, I think the difference is that I think the difference is that with a fiat, a king can say, this is money. These pieces of paper are money. Whereas gold, everybody comes to a consensus of a decree, an organic decree. So everybody's like, ah, yeah, that's money. Like, Ten years later, yeah, that's money. Right, but it doesn't. It, you don't have to accept it, though. I think that the the difference with fiat is like the, you don't have to accept gold. The, right, you don't have there, to. There, there could be some wild, crazy man that does not thinks gold is worth less than poop. <laughs> he's, he's a corner case. Yeah, he's a corner case, and it doesn't. You know, he's it doesn't just mean he's right. He's got his own currency in his head. It's a, enough people. All, are going to agree that gold down the line is money. And they don't need, nobody ever, there was never a king that said you have to use You this. could show up in a new country and not speak the language, and you could probably start exchanging gold. Like, people understand that's money all over the world. You I think with this logic, we're basically saying that, I could use your same logic. We've been trained to think gold is money. It might not be money. Oh, you don't think gold is money? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not we're, saying that. We're debating is gold money, down this is the dollar hole, money, is Bitcoin money. If we're going down this <laughs> rabbit hole where we're, we're just saying gold is money, why can't someone say gold is not money? Well, they, the thing is they can say that, but it will be to their detriment Consensus. To, to do that for the long term, yeah. you know? So, okay, so in that case, then, why if, if, if um, a wide span of people are using Ethereum... Or ETH, that's money. Then I would, I would argue, it's money, but it's not as good. Here's that's a different argument. So, so right. what's Here, interesting is, is that money. that the it's Bitcoin standard actually money. addresses this issue directly. Okay, let's see. Uh, people's choices are subjective, and there is no 
right or wrong choice of money. I mean, no, I don't necessarily agree with that per se, but I think that people have their own subjective rationale for why they're using the money that they have. And I think that's what that sentiment's trying to get to, um, is that if I have a lot of seashells, and that's what our economy is based on, it doesn't mean seashells are are the are is not money. You know, someone may come in and be able to bring other more rare seashells, and suddenly the sh- seashell economy is collapsing. Yeah, that makes it a soft, you know, Miralax money. You know, it's it's not doing so good. Um, so so. Th- the economy where people are making these decisions and where people are willing to accept the, what's being offered has to be looked at at the time the exchange is made because there are there are three major factors that come out of sellability and that is that it scales and is divisible um, that it can be easily transported and that it can uh, it can avoid rot or corrosion it can it's uh, sellable across time but I think there's also, uh, so j- just focusing on those three for, for the moment, I think there's a fourth that we should get into later. But for right now, um, when you're looking at it, it's it's sellable and scales, it's easily divisible. Some things are more divisible than others. Bitcoin is well more divisible than gold is. And it's hard for me to pay for, you know, some coffee with a gold bar that I keep in my shoe. Um, I, you don't get a gold bar wallet. Yeah, and I think... That's that's a great example, but I think um, we were I think we we're arguing in circles, and the thing is, it's okay to say that certain things are money, but I think it is okay to say that there is a certain best form of money. So where you're going down with the gold, Jerry, by the way, uh, where you're going down the path where gold is money, it's okay. I think it's okay to say gold is the best money. That's that's fine with me, and then. Bitcoin came along, and now that's the new best money at this at this point. Just because you vote doesn't mean you're in a democracy. I'll just leave you with that. <laughs> There's only one money. It's gold, and then there was Bitcoin. So what was money before gold? <laughs> wait, wait. There's only one money? There was, o- there was only one money. It was gold. We invented the medium through an extraordinary level of testing. Like you test a vaccine. We tested it for millennia. Yep. We test it. And we had one money. Mm-hmm. And Bitcoin is the first money that has emerged since then. So we have two now. We now have two. Okay. So what were all the people that didn't have gold 500 years ago exchanging? They were not exchanging money. They were exchanging goods and services. Good, you're saying goods and services. and we're not, This is terrible I, 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 for I'm language. Okay with, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the. This is what I mean. Well, voting is not a democracy. You don't be democracy equals voting. That's not the definition. <laughs> it just sounds like you have a very binary outlook. It's either money or it's not. Whereas it sounds like other people here have say it's on a spectrum. Do you agree with that? Do you say it's either money or it's not? There is no in between. I'm saying that everything that you guys are calling money lived and died. Whereas gold continues to exist. Well, silver. So silver there, still there's, there's every a, fiat currency You're has looking died. back throughout history. And every, it's saying to, tomorrow there could be no Bitcoin and no gold. I'm saying that every every fiat currency that exists today looks like a, the fiat currencies that came before it and died. They've died in most other countries multiple times before. It's the United States, right. where we pretend like they haven't. This book details actually it has died several times. We just keep not admitting it. It just keeps coming back. It's like, oh, it died. It's not worth one twentieth instead of one tenth. But that's it died. Like, Jerry, Jerry, I think we need to 
just label your form or your definition of money as super money because <laughs> just honestly well, what, what you're talking about kinds of is money a tried and by this definition because it's it, 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 i hear you say things like oh there's only two kinds of money and it's gold and it's bitcoin but then you say well uh fiat's dying or it has died but we still use it if people are using it to exchange value that means it's still a money right I'll, I'll extend. I think this is very important that we don't just degrade language to pretend like hard money, that money is not, and hard money are two different things, and then allow a bunch of trash in the door. Like, um, here's an example. There are migrant laborers in this country. Are they living in a democracy? They don't have the right to vote. Are they living in a democracy? Words are important. Because it makes yeah, you think I about think, things. I think that's what the if, problem if the is. People, we don't have the language to describe what you're describing. Well, yeah, our language has been intentionally degraded. Okay. Are they living in a in or Orwellian or, or doublespeak? You know, it's it, they kind of laid it out how how they were going to do it, and you eventually. Uh, how do, can we go back to? Can we just talk about silver? Yeah. <laughs> for this. Okay, silver is good. What? Well, it's a good topic. <laughs> no, okay, but in, in relation, <laughs> <Jammets>. in, <laughs> in, in, in relation to what you've said, that first there was just gold, and that was the only money. So yeah, what happened? And then Bitcoin came along. Yeah, and that's a second money. There are two now. The gold, the silver experiment has maybe not failed yet. I have because it was accepted for so long. It's hard for me. It looks like a dead man walking, but it hasn't actually died. The U.S. dollar is a, is another example of an apparent dead man walking, although I can't declare it dead right now, you know, because it had. But yeah, I think I think what you were saying before with the Orwellian uh, piece is that you know we don't have the language right now, or maybe it was intentionally done to properly describe what you're talking about as money because there's there's an additional criteria that you're adding in there which is a tried and uh tested form right it has to go through a a rigorous testing cycle to prove that it's money right now the current definition of money does not have that information in there i think money is a caste system okay so you have to to tell us i think that's what we're saying too what version of money are you talking about the the money that we've been trained to to think as money or your Jerry's version. I'm of money. saying that caste system, like there's only one money, right? But you've been, you've convinced there's a caste system of money and there's a best money when there's only one money and everyone who is participating in the non-money are at the are not at the top of the caste system. They are being played. If you're not involved with gold or Bitcoin, you're getting played. You're not I, using money. You're well. Getting, we agree with you on and, the you're and getting you played defend, part. And my, my why I think we need to attack these things and deny the fact that they're money is so that people don't get tricked into things that are going to allow them to get played. They're all getting scammed in slow motion if they're not so in gold So, for instance, Bitcoin. something that they talk about later in the book, which is probably cheating per the rules of our engagement, but, uh, you know, China and India used a silver standard versus an English gold standard for a long time back in the 1800s, and it was a bad decision for them in the long run. So in those situations, you're you're holding that they were not using money in the entire country because they were using a silver standard. Yeah, I think um, I think they were using a good. I think silver revealed itself to be a good and not money. That uh, and I think the most important factor is this is the the most thing that ends up in saleability 
that should be in the what an actual money is is the ability to store value over time that is the only one i think you actually need to move up the indivisible part people can work around that the reality is bitcoin aren't as divisible as they used to be we can't get down to a single sat anymore we can pretend like we're getting down to a single sat on the lightning network when you aren't actually able to make the knife slice to pull out one sat because of rules about how the network works in the same way you could arbitrarily divide uh those big rocks that come up in the book yeah so they're not actually dividing it, but it works fine as long as it, if people can remember more decimal places, the rock system continues to work. The only thing that I think is the difference between money and everything else that proves that all these other things you think are money are not money is the saleability, that they're not going to be around in a thousand years. Nothing you're describing is money because it won't be around in a thousand years, but gold and Bitcoin will. Well, and platinum. Ethereum. Well, <laughs> no, no. Platinum will... But it'll still be a good. It w- it would not. So what separates platinum and gold from money? I, I do not know. I don't. Did platinum? No, but I think the the answer is how people use it. I mean, I think that's what what you've been arguing. If I understand your arguments, and 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 I get where you're going, but I think the contention and not to put words in anyone's mouths is that what defines what a money is is how people use it, and what defines a good money is how hard it is. And so you have scales of money. You have um, from very, very hard money to really, really soft, poor money. And I think if you limit yourself just to two kinds of money and you start treating things as goods, you're ignoring entire economies that exist and are traded and are exchanged, exchanging value um, through an arbitrary definition of of forcing money to be just one or two things or two things bad monies exist for the caste system bad monies exist to benefit the the money at the top of the caste system the u.s dollar it benefits euros um yen uh uh a couple other very high level currencies on the next level of the caste but the whole point of the cigarettes at the bottom why that's not money is it just a whole scam for the people at the top Oh man, they're working so hard for I those cigarettes. I think I understand where you're going with this now. Okay, so it, to to follow your logic, I think, and and maybe even argue your point, if you continue arguing the way that you're arguing, you may run into a problem of not being able to educate people about money adequately enough. If you can show the varying degrees of shittiness between really, really bad money and slightly less bad money, by having some granular control over the definition of money, you can better illustrate the characteristics of sound money. And if you're going to compare only Bitcoin or only gold to all these other things that are just goods that you've been tricked to use, you're you're going to have a more difficult time from some philosophical perspective of arguing that way of convincing people the value of using Bitcoin because it's more sellable in all of the characteristics that matter pursuant to this yeah. book so to <clears throat> to be able to convince someone to use bitcoin as their money and not use dollars and also not expect them to consider dollars money you have to still go through the same education process of you know saleability and all these different you know aspects of money that we talk about but you have to apply them to the dollar while acknowledging the dollar is not money which it seems like it's confusing yeah i so i i'm of the opinion that not only is the dollar 
um, money, I think the dollar is not the bad money that you think it is. Um, I think there is a difference between a racket and a business, and they both structurally could appear the same. They I was both... really hoping to trigger you with that comment. Damn it, I couldn't even draw it out of you. <laughs> um, but, but I would like it eventually to be, just like you shorten words over time, that sound money, it becomes what we mean by money. That the new definition of money in, a, in, in 20 years, because of Bitcoin, when we say money, we mean sound money. If you're talking about a different currency, so you're see, talking about unsound so money. So I see the value in that. Uh, but I also think that the way that language works and the way that people talk about things is that there is like m- mission or logistical creep into the way that people use words. You know, but We have to take money back from the state. And if we don't take it and only say Bitcoin and gold are money, then we are allowing the state to call what they make that is not good for people money when it so, shouldn't be so do you think the state is holding gold and bitcoin um they're holding some gold you, you're so so the state doesn't even believe that gold is money then if they're only holding holding some gold right i mean like but i think one of the interesting things about the u.s is they've in the past taken all of the gold out of the country and centralized it they force everybody to turn in all their gold so it's not important that they have the gold in their direct possession. They could confiscate at any time, which has been done in the past. So I don't, I don't think they need to have possession to be able to take possession because it's all within their own borders. So what, what makes to you, what makes a, a money sound then? Um, I think uh, we'll go through it in the book as we go further. I, you know, we're still no, no, I want to hear Jerry's definition of a sound I money. honestly... Um, I think it, it is the, it is something that is uh, a medium of exchange that doesn't lose value over thousands of years. Um, I think that is what we yeah, should pretty consider good. money. It's hard to beat that. I mean, to, it's pretty hard to say that something that can do that is not money. You know? I, yeah, we also don't know how fast uh, time is going to pass. The next thousand years could snap like that. It could be like a century the way humanity experiences. Time seems yeah. to be accelerating. So if it, stuff's only going to last for 50 years, that... Don't think of that as a long time. That could also be a short time. So yeah, all this discussion remind me of uh, B, uh, Vijay Boyapati's The Bullish Case for Bitcoin. And in that article, he has a little graph where he's comparing Bitcoin, gold, and fiat. And he's, he's speaking about it in the context of a store of value. But these are just the characteristics. Don't, don't, they, uh, they don't cover the unit of account and medium of exchange, but it's in there. So they are uh, durability, portability, fungibility, verifiability, divisibility, scarcity, uh, whether, or not, whether or not it has an established history, and then censorship resistant. So those are the different aspects of what is a, a good store of value, or, and the scarcity gets into the, the sound money aspects of a, a limited I, supply. I love the verifiability, because the, the reason that I got off on the idea that I wonder if the U.S. dollar is actually money is the fact that you can't audit the supply. And but you can't do that with gold either. But you can geologically audit, audit the supply. Have you, do you own any gold? No. Have you ever owned any gold? No. Maybe. Let me try on the third track. Do you know anyone that owns any gold? Well, are we, we going to say it's not ge- like geologically calculable? Yeah. So if you knew someone, let, let's say, I, I don't know what, what your name is for this, the purpose of this. Um, George. 
uh george owns uh, some gold um and he owns a couple ounces um has he ever bought a gold testing kit or does he rely on the credibility of the person that sold it to him to trust that when he paid twelve hundred dollars per ounce that it was it was the good shit yeah, so verifiability was in that definition. But yeah, but he trusted a person to not, tell them not that it verifi- was not verified. Verifiability. Yes, so he could hire a gold testing kit to test that piece that he tested. It's the same way that when you went to go out west and you went to go look at the land where you're going to pan for gold, the guys that were going to sell you the land took you to the stream where the week before they had packed gold dust into a shotgun and shot at a rock and said, oh my god, I can't sell this land to you because there's so much gold in the rock. You know, it's uh, it's awesome, but you know, but I'll give it to you for a good, good deal. All right, this is what we got to do, man. We got a, what, what's a, you know, what's a an o with like some weird like umlauts on top we got to make a company that sells that it's it looks like g-o-l-d but it's got the the umlauts but it's not actually gold but and you know it's tungsten or something else we got to just sell that just just to prove to people the verifiability point you in um i would not like to trade cigarettes in prison under that scheme (laughs) (laughs) well i mean Either way, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. I think you know verifiability is super interesting point. I really <laughs> like that. I really feel like um, we just need a different name for what you're describing. It's not that's not I just, money as I, we know don't it. Don't you feel but, that we've deg- don't you don't you feel we've been systematically degraded into accepting that cigarettes are currency though? I, Doesn't that feel am, like an artificial nonsense where you, where you just used to say dollar bills are money and gold are money when we were kids and we've been tricked into like keep changing the language? You are pulling me over to your your argument though with applying this same, you know, harsh maximalist logic to the word blockchain. You know, because there are so many perversions and and misrepresentations of like, oh, yeah, this is a blockchain, you know, where in reality, there are lots of things that maybe use a blockchain structure, but they don't, you know, effectively, they're not a blockchain. So I'm yeah, I'm with you on the, the need to use precise, narrow language about that. I think we degrade language so we can sell bad things as good instead of build good things, which is hard. So language is a scam. Oh, it's part of, well, it's a tool for a scammer. I, oh, I mean, sure. I think that's like well understood by everyone. Okay. Like I mean, we see that in the food market, natural foods or, or organic. There's, I think they've started to put kind of uh, restrictions on the use of organic, but there's definitely, I don't know, maybe not. But there's, there's the tag, there's USDA organic, and that's, you know, the whole foods certified. Right. But I, I don't think there's anything limiting or preventing you from putting organic on a on a gummy bear or something on my bar of gold exactly. So I just, I just thought of something. Gold is, according to you, gold is kind of language resistant. Yeah. Because you don't need a language to, I guess, use as a medium of exchange, right? Gold. I'm still thinking about it for the Bitcoin. I piece, think it almost needs yes. to be a cross cultural medium of exchange. Right. A medium of exchange between strangers. Right. That I don't yeah. need to know you. I can verify the gold as we stand here. Oh, and I, I'm moving away. But we, we never have, even we spoke the same language. So maybe we can develop a signal because body language communicates through um, language barriers. When you go to a different country, you start to, you know, I need a bus. 
We you do. Know, we, I need a driver. We should Everybody be able to understands this is driving. Yeah, right? we need to come this up motion. with a payment language. So, a cow. <laughs> <laughs> we should come up with a payment, a universal payment a language <laughs> for Bitcoin, so that wherever you show up, you can immediately start negotiating prices without actually knowing each other's language. Like some some signals for different satoshis. We talked about units the other day, so that we know for like whatever we're holding up is like three thousand cents. But I think everyone agrees sets. that this we could, could just Bitcoin. use like integers. Thumbs up, Bitcoin. I like it. That's so inappropriate we're gonna go with in a, certain cultures. A thumbs up. That means yeah. Most cultures are accepted. I, I, I think say it we might go be for the, in... the DX sign as the, the intro the, to Bitcoin. Is that the, yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. XBT <laughs> Generation X and okay. WWE. That's the universal, hey, let's Bitcoin together. I do think, <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> together. So yeah, we're talking about, so we need to get, get out of language. We're either creating a new word or we're using a new language for this better money this highest version of money it's just we don't need to accept other people's language and use the best language for the things that you know that we decide they are i think you should innately like kind of understand that you can travel all around the world and spend gold and spend bitcoin in a way that um currently you can only spend the dollar but in a hundred years you won't be able to spend the dollar that way because it will have died and that that is that's why the dollar is not money because it's going to collapse and There's so much of your argument that I like. Like, there really, really is. But have you ever seen that movie, A Bridge Too Far? Mm. This, it's like, you're saying everything I want to, I want to say and I want to believe, but it's, you've just taken your army one bridge too far. And, and that's the bridge I can't go with. I, I can't cross that. Yeah, you share them on. It's like here you can have the meaning of life, and I guarantee you it's the meaning of life. But you gotta cut your dick off first. And it's like oh, I don't want it that bad. Yeah, and that's just the strategy I recommend. So maybe you guys will come around to it over time. You know, I'm coming around. I like I like slowly. The yes, I, I understand it. It's difficult. It was difficult at first to understand it, but I understand it now. Yeah, I think- I, and I do like the idea of of talking to people about Bitcoin being the sound money. Like the the hard money. It sounds like it's like the it's like we're the best basketball team. Yeah, it's like Bitcoin is but, but number I th- one. I think that, and you don't even play basketball. Yeah, that's not even basketball you're playing. Yeah, but but I also think that uh, intrinsically humans are really good at comparing things. You know, which gazelle are you going to chase in the field? Well, you know, you don't want to go for the really really fit guy. You want the the gammy motherfucker in the back who's got a lame leg because. Shits, when I compare apples to apples here, you know, Rudolph on the back, I'm going to be able to chase his ass down a little bit faster than, than old, you know, the old Speedy in the front. And I think that if we eliminate a good portion of how we communicate, and that is through comparison, compare and contrast, people are, are going to have a harder time understanding why Bitcoin is the hard money. Yeah, I, I think and notice that, I used your your wording there. Like I, I I do like it for that, but I also think there is definitive value in comparing things to each other and understanding economies of scale. Yeah, I think um, so. Going back to um, gold, gold being the only money until Bitcoin came around, I can see that argument because going back to a language resistant piece, I mean, gold's been around for a long time longer than most languages have been around itself and it's been used as money so i can see that bitcoin i had to take a time while you guys were discussing to think of how bitcoin fits into that particular narrative and i do have an answer to that bitcoin itself is code right code is not really you could say code is language 
but it's at the math practical standpoint where it's you know code at the at the lowest level is zeros and ones you're either a zero or you're a one that's where it starts off at and when you start going through that that process you can go on the source code for bitcoin and verify it yourself in terms of what's happening in terms of your node um so that that aspect is kind of language resistant in itself because obviously that can be translated to different languages if it if it needs if it needs to be the actual uh source code like the annotations and stuff like that but the actual code itself like i feel like that's that's that can survive a long period of time without you know people putting subjectivity on top of it and ruining it for, for that matter like saying you know i'm looking at myself when i'm, I'm checking the, the definition of money but that's google's perspective on what they want to tell me money is right so with bitcoin it's not that it's either i have bitcoin or i don't have bitcoin yeah i, I another example that i think might get you on board with the language is important is there's a top five currency on the coin market cap right now i believe it's called bitcoin sv and this is what happens is Bitcoin SV Bitcoin. Like you've got you you can't just allow every every combination of words to where you're not deceiving people. And I think when we when we don't when we call these other things money, we're deceiving people. Um, for instance, if you're a merchant that is accepting one of these uh, lower caste currencies, you need to stop doing that because your currency is getting debased. You need to get into a currency that is not get, becoming worth less over time. So we don't need to prop up these other things and call them money. Don't be like, oh, all money is money. No, it, that's not money. This is like, a, it's just a, it's a Ponzi scheme that hasn't collapsed yet. Like, uh, uh, you know, none of the other coin market cap coins are going to be around in a century. Um, 95% of the world's currencies that are currently around aren't going to be around in a century. We need to stop getting people involved in Ponzi schemes even if they take decades to clap, just don't get involved. Money is something we know what it is. It's existed for thousands of years. It was gold, but at the same time, we always knew that it wasn't actually the material gold. It wasn't the chemical element gold that was gold, but that this is money. And then a second money emerged in Bitcoin. <laughs> I just keep thinking how awesome it is that I, I agree with you on the the gold and now Bitcoin thing. And for us to be around at this time and being able to talk about this stuff and learn about it, it's freaking cool. Hmm. It's so much fun. I, it's it's also somewhat of a miracle that he decided to make a digital gold and not a digital fiat. We're in different, completely different uh, multiverse if that happens, and it's, it's terrible that he made the correct decision to emulate the only money that's ever existed. Let's, let's not go down this rabbit hole again. Fiat <laughs> is a decree. Yeah. Satoshi wrote code saying that Bitcoin can be used as money. That essentially is a decree. That's fiat. I think everybody can has that opportunity to say, this is my version of money. And then everybody else gathers around and they're like, this is the people's decree. So it's the people's fiat then rather than a king's fiat. Yes. decree so it's so it's the best fiat then i mean and that that's the point where we were just getting back to sure okay i can i see where you're going with that so it's the people's fiat rather than some government it's just like way to say like we're ruining the english language why are we destroying the word fiat for like 
you have to pair fiat with something else. So government fiat, that's government's decree, mm. or Satoshi's fiat, Satoshi's decree, Satoshi's right? That's the next fork name. <laughs> Bitcoin, Satoshi's fiat. But Bi- Bitcoin was written in a different language than the language the human that is satoshi can speak it was written in a language resistant he can't actually change the code at this point he made a code that could not be he could no longer decree in the future for there to be a supply of 28 million the code doesn't allow that the code is now the word you know its own thing so that's why it's not fiat no i i disagree i disagree with that well, I guess I, we got to move on. If, if anyone is <laughs> if anyone is fiating, it is the miners, and they're consent. Uh, they're all decreeing. There's only 21 million supply. That's the network. Is the network is decreeing, but it's also never going to change. That's what Bitcoin is, you know. So in the white paper, did Satoshi say it was digital cash or Bitcoin was digital cash? Peer to peer electronic cash. I mean, a white paper in itself, that's a decree. In itself, right? He's basically making a statement. He's putting it out there into the world saying, hey, this is this. This is what this is. Well, that's what he intends for it to be. But there are okay. things that don't So a end decree up that way. is an official order issued by a legal authority. So Satoshi wasn't a legal authority. He was simply making a research paper. Yeah, the code is this law. Is so what he, that's exactly it. The code is law. So he, him, he can't declare law. The code is law. You know? He wasn't an authority figure. I think decrees like this law here now for all you people. If in my someone kingdom. else had built the actual code of Bitcoin, I could understand where you're coming from. But he didn't. He decreed what he was doing. He decreed to himself, and then I don't. I don't. A decree is a rule of law, usually issued by head of state according to certain procedures. It has the force of law. So you're forced to use dollars as a decree from the United States. So like Satoshi was like, hey, here's that's a, a that's, that's, Frank, sure, what's sure. your what what's the the so what behind Satoshi decreeing that Bitcoin have X characteristic? I'm just saying that we're getting language is screwing up our entire conversation here. Like it's so the semantics are like killing everything. So in this in this aspect, I, I do like where Wade is going. It's either money or it's not. And how do you prove that? History kind of proves that. Um, you know how well, how widely it's used or has been agreed on kind of proves that. And that's basically all we we have at this point. I mean, just just because someone says something or a dec- decree, I think we're getting wrapped up on that piece. I don't think that really matters. Would you guys agree? Uh, this isn't my opinion, but would this describe your opinion? That money is money. There's good money and there's bad money. And good money can become bad. Bitcoin can become bad? Well, your definition of money is that current uh, monies can come, they can be good for a while, and then they can go away and be bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some asteroid with 100 billion tons of gold hits the earth, and we've got a ton of gold, and gold ceases to be as good of a money as it was. Yeah, but I guess that hasn't happened. Like that's that's very theoretical. Whereas I was, or they uh, a mine in South Africa hits a giant gold um, deposit, and the price of gold decreases in the late nineties by fifteen percent. If if gold went away, 
the price would uh, go up. I mean, you would have to have one of these like asteroids covered in gold show up to really like inflate the supply of gold. Um, but again, I, I'm just I'm confused more by the, our definition of the word fiat. You know, the the I think we're talking about money, which I, I I'm of the opinion that it's a medium of exchange, an accepted medium of exchange. Fiat money, on the other hand, is money that has been decreed by the government to be i'm going to use decree um because i think that seems to be the word that people are clinging to decreed by the government to be legal tender and i think there is a distinction between those two so yeah i think money bitcoin could become fiat so if the government said that it was legal tender so Okay. I like that. So I think that's. I, I, are we all agreeing on that as a kind of a working I like that. definition? The, the no. defin- yes. the no, Miriam- I won't work with wrong definitions that we come up with in this room. <laughs> this is not. We, we don't this. write dictionaries in this room. I'm, if you ever figure dictionary. out the concept, if you if you don't understand it, I like I the the Merriam-Webster dic- um, definition of decree is an order usually having the force of law, and then under that it's a religious ordinance enacted by the council. Or titular head, but don't you yeah, all see that we should be moving away from these decrees, from these religious associations yes, with money, instead of justifying them, instead of being apologists like all of you guys are for <laughs> fake money and calling? So, we should call fake gold gold, guys. So, so why it's got gold in the name? The definition, the the distinction between money and fiat. What is it about those that you don't like? In def- what what is your definition of money and fiat money, and the distinction between the two? I think I think you're just helping people hurt themselves when you don't when you call. Why do you have to qualify both? Well, it's, I think it would be helpful to know whether a money is legal tender in a country. Why do you have to call it sound money instead of just calling one money and one fiat money? Well, because I think the definition of money is a medium of exchange that's accepted by some by a, widely accepted by a group of people. I think you. I think that your definition of money and mine are so vastly different that we can't even come to a definition of what the word money is. I just hear you guys like pulling up your chains and just clicking them back on and then like trudging back off to work to get your shit money. Like, and I don't understand why you have this instinct to do it. So I, I, I think everyone here agrees that we want sounder money. We want the sound money. We want, we want bitcoin but we're all at a bitcoin podcast (laughs) but i think that being dismissive of the fact that a dollar bill or a rye stone is not money is a mistake and understanding other economic principles that are built on the definitions that are derived from having an understanding of what money is i think you should the fact that there is a risk in these other things that do not exist in gold is why they're not money. The fact that they're going to collapse is why they're not money. And I think that if you, you'd have to make your economic models become much more complex if you don't use a sound money. If you have to factor in the Fed doing its nonsense into your economic model, there's no point. You're not talking about money when you're talking about the U.S. dollar. I think I get where you're going to. I think, are you saying that money, uh, your definition of money is a money that has the lowest risk to be collapsible? Um, yeah, money will store a value over time, that over like thousands of years. Um, that It's not a medium exchange in this time. It's a medium of exchange through time. 
Right. So, so one through, reason through, through people here that exist in the year 2020 and through 2120, both are going to use this. There's the value of your work has tra- has still exchangeable. In the the, you put the it thing in the that money. that I don't like about the uh, the initial question of you know has uh, is it possible for you know gold to not be money in the future. If the answer is no to that question, then the answer you'd think would similarly be no for Bitcoin. And if the answer is no, then it disincentivizes people from participating in the network through the verification process and running nodes and being like, you know, diligent and vigilant in in verifying the code in the network and, you know, being a part of that process. So that's one reason why I don't like the idea that, you know, gold cannot cease to be money because it i think it could cease to be money you know the same way that bitcoin could cease to be if we don't all participate in the network and continue yeah. to validate and verify the rules so the reason gold might have ceased to be money and that's what necessitated the the invention of bitcoin is the confiscatable nature of gold means that it's not actually money anymore it's just as debased but i i, I think that when i said that like they took fire away from us that's closest to what happened is we had this vital uh, aspect of society that we all across all cultures and across time were using the same measuring stick. Your civilization can just store its value and surpass my civilization over 200 years. You don't have to surpass me right now. You can make good decisions over long times periods if you store it in gold and you're, and when you, these other things are not monies, but you can't store good decisions in in um in pesos but you're also assuming then that gold will never be debased or bitcoin will never be debased no i'm making a massive assumptions with bitcoin it's very young gold has been around so long that's my confidence in gold sure so you've got a high degree no, of my, confidence my ridiculous in theory is that bitcoin is also money gold is money undeniably nothing else is money besides gold and i think that the when you th- that i'm willing to extrapolate bitcoin into the future and say it could become become the next money i want to jump on to jerry's side on on the fiat discussion so i uh heard it mentioned that bitcoin is it am i correct somebody said bitcoin can be can be fiat bitcoin that's possible i believe i said that so yeah yeah you know and i agreed with that first but i thought about okay the definition of fiat is something that is not backed by anything. It's just like you said, a decree, like the government goes in and says, I want to print this amount of money or put this amount of money into circulation. But Bitcoin is backed by work. Just like gold. The reason gold is valuable is because it's costs money to go and mine it. And that's the, even though it has no intrinsic value in the sense of uh, like gold doesn't, uh, Bitcoin doesn't have intrinsic value in the small percentage of gold, you know, like five to 7% of its values because of jewelry or whatever. But it takes work to mine Bitcoin. So it is backed by electricity. It's backed by work. So if it is backed by something, you have to work to do it in a digital capacity instead of the physical space like with gold, then it can't be fiat. Does that make sense? Is, yeah. I think, is, I, I think maybe we're going too far. Like, I think you could have what I'm talking about. I think it's a really good point. The proof I don't work. think a necessary quality of fiat is that it has to be not backed by anything. Uh, I'm pretty oh, no, there sure is, it is. There are definitions. So it has of, to be. Yeah. It's one of the. It's there are multiple definitions okay. of fiat. 
that exists. And one of them is what you're suggesting. Yeah. Right. It's just like the decree is I'm only saying money. This is money. That is all it is. Yeah. So I think there is a competing definition of the term fiat that indicates that the government is willing to accept and settle public and private debts in that currency or in that money. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to get into the conversation of what's the distinction between a currency and a money, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but they're not the same. The, <laughs> they are not. I, I do think that there is there is value in what you're saying that the government doesn't have the ability to print that. Therefore, how can it be government money? And I think that if we got to a point where the government was willing to accept Bitcoin as legal tender and and accept it as government money the government would be accepting that it doesn't have control over it and and we'd be separating the government from the printing of money which would make money more valuable so mm-hmm. i th- i think what's, what we're talking about is the evolution of money when we remove government control out of it which would ultimately direct the interpretation or the understanding of what fiat is from one definition maybe towards the other yeah. Um, but I was using it to describe more of a legal tender that is accepted by the government gotcha. for settlements or payment of taxes and public and private debts. So is is gold back in the medieval times, was gold not a fiat? I, I think I can actually explain the concept. So fiat, fiat is a centralized declaration of a currency. If the currency emerges in a decentralized manner, then it's not by fiat. So gold, because you can pull it out of any mountain in, in all over the world, it is uh, not fiat. There is no decree about make more gold. Someone decrees, turn on the printing presses. That's a fiat currency. Someone has to buy a, a miner and go start mining Bitcoin. That's a decentralized. It's not a fiat uh, currency. Because the fiat is with the printing of new currency. That's, that's not, I, I mean, don't that's necessarily not agree fiat, with that. Though. That's not the definition of fiat, though. It has nothing to do with printing more. Well, you're decreeing just... print. The decree is to print. No, that's I think the, the decree is that it's you're accepting it as legal tender. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the decree. But that's still the, the, the control is what he's getting at. Is like It can just be changed willy-nilly can... with no actual uh, change. The, the value of the money is not changed on a – I don't know. I can't say it. I'll go ahead. I'm losing what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I know where you're going at, but I mean, like, it's just like you said before with gold. Governments just confiscate, confiscate the gold then. What's stopping them from confiscating Bitcoin? I, I mean, I, I don't... Yeah, I mean, the language is a problem. There's People know what fiat is. Dollars are fiat. Gold is not fiat. And uh, there's just not a debate about that. But it is a decided debate. Are you saying that it is possible for the government to confiscate Bitcoin? Yes. How? (laughs) I mean, same way they confiscated gold. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, it's like I don't. The whole point of Bitcoin was actually disadvancement. The the inability to be confiscated. If you have your keys and your 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 seed word in your yeah in your mind, how are they going to? So so I mean, it's illegal to murder (laughs) someone, but people still kill each other every day. It's illegal to own gold, but people still own gold, right? I mean, like the distinction here is that if the government um, starts seizing Bitcoin, there will be law-abiding individuals that turn in their gold, like what happened in the 30s. I think it was the 30s. Well, yeah. I mean, if you voluntarily, I mean, if you're saying that's what we're discussing, but there will be people that will go and bury it in the yard. But they, that's not them seizing it. That's you giving it up. 
that's a big difference. You offering your Bitcoin as a result of some decree. So is we're, using, we're using the word seize in a legal sense. When you pull over your car and the cop stop behind you with flashing lights, he has seized your person. And that's what we're talking about. You have voluntarily stopped. You could have hit the pedal to the metal and kept going and saying, you know, fuck you, police, all the way down with your middle finger in the air. I think that could have been a rap song if I had kept going. Point being <laughs> is that you you have been seized even by voluntarily stopping. So is your legal advice that we don't have to stop? Because <laughs> I've never heard this legal before. Legal advice? I'm not a lawyer. I know you're not a lawyer, but you've read something. I don't even know how to read. You showed me this article earlier. He subscribes to Business Insider. (laughs) Insider for many years. So technically, by that by that logic, whenever the government outlaws Bitcoin ownership, they will have seized all Bitcoin at that point because they just put on the national siren. Yes, it can't be all. It's just the same way as saying they can't seize all the gold. Like, oh. Shoot. So when you, Mike was saying that some people are going to bury gold in their yard. <laughs> when you go and you voluntarily give it up, when you participate with the order to to be seized, you're seized. When you take some step towards giving it over, however the government requires you to give it over, just sim- when the when the police officer turns on his light and you're driving down the road, and you're still going and you haven't let your foot off the gas, you've not been seized yet. Good. I don't. Th- Good. I don't Stick it to the man. I don't think this is true. This is this, this is consult a, consult a real lawyer. Don't listen to this nonsense. Yeah, this <laughs> you have to pull have, over. Uh, There's no option to not be seized. I don't know what's happening. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, maybe I've misspoken because if you've said that, then it makes me think I've misspoken. But I've watched or at least listened to NPR once or twice, and so I know a thing or two about search and seizure law. Mm. Um, but if if the seizure happens where when you participate in the stopping and the halting and you do not have the ability to leave anymore without there uh, without then becoming another crime now i i want to be careful about my wording on that cuz i'm not exactly sure about when the seizure would would become but you are voluntarily stopping and submitting yourself to the authority of a of a law enforcement officer that's a seizure but um it's, I mean, it's entrapment. You've already committed no. a crime if you don't agree to be seized. I think you've, you've, com- you've, you've already, you've, yeah, you, you're no, there is no option. You've either been seized bef- when the lights come on, whether you slow down or not, or you've been entrapped into committing a crime. No. Or be seized. Not at all. You I either th- must commit a crime or must seize. You've, so, you. Here's, here's the definition. Oh, no. Great. If it says, if it says decree, I'm out of here. <laughs> Royal decree by the police. Um, a seizure is the act of taking by legal process or force, such as the seizure of evidence found at the scene of a crime. A seizure is the act of seizing a forceful action in which an object or person is suddenly taken over, grabbed, removed, or overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by the lights. Mm-hmm. So you stop. I've been seized. Uh, to change That's topics all for just a second. Can uh can we have a little conversation about uh, transaction fees? Uh, and I'd like to get the group's feelings on if people are anxious or worried about increased fee pressure after the halving, and w- in particular with the context to existing credit card fees, because you know not everyone thinks about it every day. But 
every day, you know, when you go and buy the $3 beer over at the Weaver Street Market, you pay, you know, somewhere between three and four or a little bit higher percent in credit card processing fees. Uh, so basically everything you're paying in your day-to-day life, you're paying a three to four percent transaction fee on. And people in Bitcoin flip out whenever they have to pay high transaction fees. And those fees, like I was just looking at actually today, the mempool is really high. And like at the, the highest fees uh, right now are like 40 sats per byte, which average transaction of about 500 bytes is like uh, 20,000 sats, which is about two bucks uh, at today's prices. So, you know, to get a transaction confirmed, like two bucks. Um, so if you're doing anything over $50, you know, you're, you're better off than just buying something at the grocery store for the three to 4% transaction fee. So one, I'd like to say thank you for changing the topic. This is a much needed yeah. break. Um, we should have done this sooner. Um, beaten to death. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we beat ourselves up there. We seized ourselves. And, thoroughly and, enjoyed it. Yeah, well worth it. The self-flagellation. Um, so I, I kind of have an interesting take or interesting thought along these lines. I had heard at the Sunday meetup that there is a uh, rumor that Visa or MasterCard are lowering their swipe fees on smaller transactions. And it to me, it would be almost conspiratorial that they would be doing this in anticipation of the halvening. They're doing the opposite of large transactions. Oh, well, never mind. Screw it. I thought I had a good idea. Wait. Yeah. So, so they're, Say that they're, again? they're doing. So if you pay a thousand dollar bill with a visa, you would have a lower transaction cost than if you paid a five hundred dollar um, transaction on a visa. As a percent or as like. Uh, yes, so the percent okay. goes down. So it's always All a percent, but the percent goes down over time, similar to exchange trading fees. Yeah, it would be cool that that these massive networks like Visa and MasterCard would be looking at the halvening to decide how they're going to be. Yeah, and what uh, I'm saying is like, you know, say, you know, I, you know, not every Bitcoin transaction you do is going to be, you know, with a... Uh, you know, like a commerce situation. So you're going to be moving funds for yourself and everything. So if it was, you know, 4% transaction fee for every time you moved your Bitcoin, you know, that would get painful when you're just moving from one wallet to another individually. But I mean, that doesn't sound like that terrible of an outcome if we're already paying that today. We just don't see it in the prices yeah. we pay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with this because if it takes $2 or $50 to move my money safely across, like just verifiably safely across to point a, from point A to point B, that's a no-brainer for me, right? That's <laughs> I think, I think I'm, I'm fine with that. You can increase the cost of transactions. As long as it's not something astronomical, but if I have that guarantee that my money is going to go across and it's going to be there, I'm good. What what worried me when you described this um, was that I had never thought about Visa and MasterCard as transaction fee companies before. And we often talk about countries getting involved in Bitcoin. Countries, it doesn't make sense for countries to get involved in Bitcoin. But Visa and MasterCard, they're transaction fee companies. They should be mining Bitcoin. They should be, take over the that's where their business goes next it's like if you want to get ahead of digital cameras you need to get away from 
fiat fees and move to Bitcoin fees. So yeah, I mean Visa and Mastercard, they are they thrive. That's their business model. Yeah, transactional fees, right? Yeah, you're right. It also is because you don't think about them as miners in the Bitcoin ecosystem, but that's. That's yeah. a good analogy for what they are. They're, they're the actual free market competition for um, transaction settlement. Can, who can transaction a settlement faster, more securely, cheaper? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What What is interesting is that when you posed the question originally, um, I did have this thought that someone would say, well, when I swap my card, I don't pay those fees. You know, it's so easy to forget that that is built into the cost of the goods or the services that you're paying for, and it's being passed down to you um, as the expense of going into the Weaver Street market and buying, I guess, not a six-pack, but at least a single beer at a time. One of the right. bolder choices that's, that Satoshi made um, is the fact that the user pays the fee, um, not the merchant accepting mm-hmm. the coins. And that hopefully will... Uh, make it so that the fees stay lower that we're that the fact that we're not seeing the fees currently means that there's we have no price sensitivity they the merchants just take the hit and we don't even know what even happened but it also is the problem of the fees getting too high or like the, a different person is messing with it do we use bitcoin less when the fees go up or will the fees even sustain in the future is what ends up happening we bitcoin i mean uh, visa and mastercard you know they're they're making bukus of cash the idea that if you if you the transaction fee people set their own fees, they it seems like it'll be fine. You know, they that seems like totally sustainable. They've been around since the eighties now, at least. One of the interesting things about the Bitcoin standard is um, they talk about the um, three facets of salability, and I mentioned very earlier on back in this there was a, there was a fourth that I felt was missing, um, and you know you've got the the salability of scales of space and of time. But there is also sellability of security that you're paying this fee, which may be a little higher for the security that Bitcoin can deliver that you can't get anywhere else. And and I think that if it costs a, a little percentage more to have that security, I think what you're going to get is some rumblings from the, the, the B-cashers out there. And that's about it. I don't think the security is priced into the fee at all right now. Once people realize how secure Bitcoin is, that's when that. you'll see $100,000 Bitcoin fees. So, right now, we're just seeing paying the miners for just moving data around. Once people realize, oh, this is a secure thing, then it's going to explode. And that's what will push people off to the line. I, I was just thinking about that because, like, just imagine a scenario where it's like world at, the world is at war, mm-hmm. right? And, like, just the foreign, foreign exchange market is just destroyed, right? There's all these sanctions being passed across, you know, multiple countries. You can't, you know, trade over here. You can't trade over here. The amount of money people will pay to get their Bitcoin across to a forbidden place securely will be astronomical. Right now, it's it's, it's pretty easy because, I mean, most of these countries can transact, you know, pretty smoothly without any of that, that friction. Once that friction is introduced and Bitcoin just blows that stuff away... That's when people will realize, like, man, this is incredible. It's going to be an isolated incident. So let's say everyone in um, uh, Bangladesh is simultaneously going to want to withdraw everything to Bitcoin and clog up the network and pay huge fees. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, even though it's a worldwide network, it's a Bangladesh problem where they're willing to pay $1,000 as opposed to $20 from 24 hours ago because mm-hmm. this is the time to get out. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it that way. That would be very interesting. 
But it's nice that there's a world network to catch them once they do get their money out. You know. Yeah. One of the sort of similar things that uh, came up in the Telegram group a few weeks ago, but uh, I don't think we've talked about it yet, was uh, so my mom's a real estate broker, and one of the interesting concepts that she told me about a few weeks ago was back in 06, 07, you know, people would start to roll in their closing costs into the prices of their homes. So, you know, say your your closing costs are 6% for the buyer and the seller. So you, you roll those in. And so the, the $100,000 house you bought um, actually gets published in the MLS as, has, as having sold for 106 because you've just, you know, you're going to be paying off the, that 6000 in fees for, you know, the next 30 years on your mortgage. Well, you know, two years down the line, or one year down the line, uh, a new buyer comes into that neighborhood and they look at the comps for the houses in that neighborhood and they say, oh, well, this this very comparable house sold for 106000 last year. So that's what people price the house at. And then that person, that purchaser rolls in the purchasing closing fees to that house. So now that house is sold for 112500 And so just by having increased turnover in all these assets and rolling in the fees into the quoted price of the asset, you end up in these really inflationary systems that the underlying asset hasn't actually appreciated or changed in value at all. It's just for the fact of the fees. So I'm wondering if there's any Bitcoin corollary to that. Oh, that would be sad. <laughs> you're saying the price is pumped because of fees? Yeah. Oh, but you're saying it optimistically or? Well, I'm just saying that, that concept. What, the real estate thing sounds a little scammy because they're lying about how much things actually cost. Right. And, like, it's, and it's identifiable because it's, you know, this house is comparable to your neighbor here and that sold last year for 106. So now this year we can sell yours for 106. Yeah. In actuality, people are, the Bitcoin price is lower when you have to pay these big fees to onboard and offboard, you're, you're not going to pay as high a price as if you hadn't already had money taken out of your pocket just trying to get your money back onto Coinbase. Yeah, I thought we proved that the fees, the price of fees, had nothing to do with price of Bitcoin. Or is that still open? Well, um, yeah, I, I really don't know how you're saying like on chain fees? Yeah. Like on-chain fees, how the mint pool looks like. I mean, I, I remember back in the day, like um, it was like two thousand, uh, like two thousand thirteen, fourteen. People would say like, "Oh, you can look at the mint pool and kind of predict price from the mint pool," but I yeah, think that, that was debunked. Right? Yeah, that's been pretty debunked, I would say. But in the real estate housing market, yeah, you could definitely look at the closing costs being rolled in, and you'll see like the whole market appreciating, you know, over time, right? So I don't think it's the same thing to me other than the crashes <laughs> so with the for anyone more technical than me here i'm definitely a noob in this sense so the the transaction fees are satoshis per byte right the the size of the transaction are the number of bytes on the blockchain finite or so if you moved all 21 million theoretically it all transactions uh if you divided those up into whatever uh, units and did those transactions, they should add up to the same thing as moving all 21 million at the same time. It, you know, different transactions have different numbers of bytes. So it's all about the way that you're, so, so it depends on, you know, the number of inputs into a transaction. So like if you have 10 different one Bitcoin UTXOs that you're combining into a, you know, a 10 
Bitcoin UTXO, that's going to be a bigger, you know, higher byte count transaction than just moving, you know, a five and a five to a 10. So uh, it's, it's all about the size, the literal size of the, of the transaction. And, and, and fees are a blind bidding style so that you don't, you know, you bid your fee and you, for whatever outcome that comes from it, you're just, you know, the fastest it could be in its next block as long as you met the basic requirements of a valid transaction. But if you were real cheapskate, maybe maybe it never gets confirmed, you know? Well, is it possible that a Bitcoin transaction can never be cons- confirmed? Yeah, it is possible, but there are rules where if a transaction is, you know, entered into a mempool of a node, it'll it'll the node will basically forget about the transaction after two weeks or something. You can also bump the fee on the transaction with replace by fee to get it oh, yeah, confirmed right. yeah. more quickly. Can you? Ch- My understanding is that you can't change uh, the. What, I don't even know the terminology I'm trying to use. I know uh, if you move mon- move Bitcoin from Coinbase to your Trezor, you can't choose the amount of satoshis per byte you want to pay. It's it's just built in. But there's some other exchanges or between wallets you can put one satoshi per byte. And going, getting back to uh, to the question is, I remember during the run up in 2017, they were saying, okay, if you're going to do this custom fee uh, uh, option, then obviously the, the the transactions with the highest sats per byte are going to get mined or, or, or first. Is it mined right? Yeah. And if you're at the bottom and the fees just kept rising, then it would just get stuck in at the bottom. So is there is there a way to go back and change? that custom is that what you're saying just then okay yeah yeah that that concept is called rbf which replaced by fee so what that does is you you sign another say you you broadcast a transaction for one sat per byte uh and then you wait 24 hours and it's still in the mempool and hasn't been confirmed you know it's not in any any blocks you go back and re-sign that same transaction with that same utxo that you're now sending could be to the same address, could be to a different address, but you're just paying a different fee, a higher fee, so that miners will see two competing uh, transactions spending the same UTXO, and they'll say, well, screw that low fee one. I'm going to keep this high fee one. Yeah. yeah it, bear in mind that doesn't work on custodied wallets like Coinbase. You you would have to do that. You'd have to do that manually. Manually is not the right word, but you couldn't do that on a custodied wallet. Gotcha. Now I just That's remember cool. I completely forgot about that. Is there a time period you have to wait, or can you do it immediately if you t- mistype yeah. your uh, transaction? Yeah, you can do it immediately. Okay. And that—that that was was that a hard fork or a soft fork? Well, that's that's really neither. Oh, you mean to 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 put that functionality in? Yeah, because it uh, was a problem soft, for a while. Yeah. Oh, it was just a soft fork yeah, when you did. Yeah. Nice. No, that's comforting because I just remember thinking I didn't want to do anything manually or customize my transaction because uh, I was like I just. I thought it was a way to lose Bitcoin, you know. It was kind of definitely a noob at that point, so that's good to hear. Bitcoin gets better over time, guys. If you still still use those old haters, what they were saying about Bitcoin five years ago, they're all wrong. <laughs> Fixed it all. <laughs> uh, one other, one other kind of anecdote that I think it's just more of a kind of a mindset type thing. Uh, I was running, I ran across an old news story about how this was, I think, in 2006 and Mark Zuckerberg and Peter Thiel and um, one of the other, it was like three board members. And Facebook was like two years old and it had, you know, 10, 15 million users. 
and and Yahoo came with a buyout offer for a billion dollars. And the story goes that, you know, Zuckerberg was starting the board meeting and, you know, he said, yada, yada, you know, this this will be a quick conversation. But, you know, Yahoo made us an offer for a billion and obviously we're going to turn it down. But just to put it on the books, you know, and the other, you know, Peter Thiel and the other board member were kind of taken back by it that like he really didn't consider it, you know. And, uh, and I'm just thinking about that from over the weekend, you know, we had Bitcoin hitting 10,000. And one of the questions I asked myself is like, who are these people selling at exactly 10,000? It's like, you know, do you like in the, in the, in the example, you know, Zuckerberg knew his product. Like he was the founder of Facebook. He knew the product and he believed in it. And he was like, like, of course I'm not going to sell for a billion dollars. Like this is a joke, you know? The funny thing about Bitcoin trading is it's just people who think they can out-trade other Bitcoin users trading with each other. It's almost like a game of poker. They're also going through, you know, they they hit 10 grand. They're going through a part in their life and they they want to get married or they're still early to Bitcoin. So they're going to be buying back in at 20 grand and then they'll say, even at 100 grand, I'm not going to sell. So they're just at a different stage. Like, I think that's a constant thing of like people who are just now, they heard about Bitcoin two years ago. They heard it up about it again last year and their friend convinced them to buy it a month ago. They watched it go up from eight grand to 10 grand and they're done. They've heard the horror stories of it, it going from 20 to three and they're just over it. I mean, what percentage of this trading do you think is wash trading uh, or I, I, I forget what wash trading is, but it's just people coming in and out of Bitcoin over and over and over again. It's not new people coming in and out. I think most of trading volume is the same people trying to outcompete each other for the same pile of money, right? Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I mean, the the wash trading aspect was huge back when a bunch of exchanges, particularly Chinese exchanges, didn't, you know, charge trading fees. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't cost you anything out of your balance to trade back and forth 100 times. And that's why in 2017, it looked like 98% of the global volume of Bitcoin was in China. And then when the exchanges got shut down and they added fees, it turned out to not be the case. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of just market making and that type of you know active trading going on too. There's still this air of mystery around China and Bitcoin where we assume it's still happening there. And maybe it is, maybe I it's I heard not. they banned Bitcoin. I keep hearing that over <laughs> and over again. But the fiat decree of banning Bitcoin is not working. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin is not a fiat currency. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool that exchanges actually incentivize like market makers and de-incentivize market takers because that's, that's where the, the price fluctuations come from. Like people willing to put some real skin in the game and declare that, hey, this is going to be the price of Bitcoin. I believe in it and I'm going to you know put some money behind it, whether I win or lose. So, I mean, the, the Mark Zuckerberg story, like I'm pretty sure there's like a hundred other stories which were not successful. Where people came to meetings, point. right? That's they were a great like, boy. They went to uh, Yahoo. Yeah, they said, "No, I don't, I don't need your billion dollars, Yahoo. Just, just take it somewhere else, where you, can, you know." My bird watching those, app's going to take over shine. the world, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, they're they're paying dearly for it, right? They're yeah. they're working at the the West Street Market here, you know. Oh. So <laughs> that's, a, that's an insult to all the people here. This, no, this is a great grocery store. We <laughs> recommend it highly. The next Mark Zuckerberg is working here. And this is the last episode at Weaver's yeah. Time. <laughs> and maybe they're, they're in a better place in their life mentally. You know? <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're, we're running out of time here. 
Does anyone have any closing remarks before we wrap it up? I won't force everyone to do it, but if anyone has some nice singers or fun thoughts they never got out, words of wisdom. Follow me on Twitter, Coin Packets. By, uh, by the Bitcoin <laughs> standard, what what what's the uh, name of the author again? Saferdin Amus. Saferdin Amus. It's a great book. We'll keep uh, coming back to it over the next couple weeks. Have a good one.